0: Titus O'Reilly here, once again annoying you with our shameless plug for Bazaar, plus our membership program. More Mick and Me. Simply go to the link in the show notes. <laughs> It's Sports
1: Bizarre. There's a lot to like in this story. It's getting more ridiculous as it goes on. The Hunt for the Weirdest. What are you talking about? Are you serious? What? So many questions. Okay, I'm going to have to stop you (laughs) here. Strangest. This is a masterpiece of stupidity. It's going to get stranger and stranger. I'm quite exhausted.
0: Most Unbelievable. If you rate this as a movie,
1: people wouldn't believe it.
0: Stories to ever occur. An epic tale
1: of woe, joy, nutty behaviour. The fact that it's not more well known. is just the strangest. Thing. In the world of sports. This is going to get juicy here, isn't it? <laughs> we should open a window or something.
0: <laughs> sports Bizarre. How many testicles did he have? Eight. Found <laughs> running naked down a major street in Chicago. Such this, of course, is the last time organized crime and boxing of crossed over. <laughs> Got up in a press conference. <laughs> We're here to announce we've swapped our wives.
1: What is going on? It's time for the leaders of the hunt. What household names for me? It's so. Surely a red flag. It's Titus O'Reilly and Mick Malloy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of Sports Bazaar with me, my good self, Mick Molloy, and of course, Titus O'Reilly. What are you bringing to the table today, Titus? Well, Mick, you remember we did the 1904 Marathon at the
0: St. Louis. Good Lord. Olympic guy, fond memories. Of that particular marathon. In terms of just single events at the Olympics, it's yeah. the worst. If you haven't <sighs> heard that episode we did, go, go back and, and listen to
1: it. It's the, yeah. the worst event in Olympic history. Organisers of the marathon, fair to say, have had a shocker. They've
0: had a shocker. No, they've had a shocker. <laughs> so what I wanted to do, though, this is kind of a companion piece. There were two Olympic Games, the 1900 Games in Paris, yeah. which we're going to talk about today, and the 1904 St. Louis ones, and Olympic historians refer to
1: these as the farcical games. Wow. And I'm surprised about Paris because aren't they the inventors of the modern Olympics? Well, it was.
0: Exactly. So Baron Pierre de Coubertin, he's the founder mm. of the modern Olympics, mm. he wanted to host the first one in Paris, uh, yeah. 1896. Everyone said, well, Athens, Greece, kind of – as more of a probably. let's do it there. Let's acknowledge
1: their contribution yeah. to the whole Olympic
0: movement. So they did it there and it went so well, the first one, that everyone was like why don't we hold it in Greece every year in Athens and that almost happened. And nude like they did originally? Just for fun. just <laughs> Nothing for like nude discus.
1: I think every sport is, well, actually there's probably a few. <laughs> Let me think this through. Nothing on a the bike. parallel bars. <laughs> <laughs> you can knock yourself out on a dismount.
0: Um, they all said where we have it and he said no, let's, move it around and spread this Olympic movement because most people still had not heard. For
1: cultural anything. or business reasons?
0: Well, both it really. It was like no mean. one knew what it was. and yeah. It was like if we go, so let's go to Paris in 1900 and one of the other reasons is he thought, a the, the, bit like in St. Louis four years after that, the World Fair was on in Paris. So we thought we can. Just damn World Fair. Yeah, and they did two: the 1900 and the 1904 with the World Fair. The 1904, you remember, they did against their will. The World Fair threatened to bankrupt them if they didn't do it with <laughs> it's them. Unseemly, really, was very unseemly. It's and this one. They actually thought the World Fair would help them straight away. It starts off badly because the Paris government don't really want the Olympics to run anything, so they take it over. Okay. So uh, they take over the running of it. They push the to the a side roll. They say, you're, you're going to be doing almost nothing to do with it. He, because of politics, gave up and he said, I surrendered. It was incorrect in doing so. So it's his idea. His idea. He agrees to have it in Paris. Gosh. He pushes to have it in Paris. The minute it shows up, the Paris government goes. That's terrible moment. No, nah, you're not having it. So he's off to the side before it even starts, right? And the welfare just overshadows the whole thing. But yep. the press don't even know it's on. So it just constantly is not being mentioned in sure. the media. No one's using the word Olympic at all. The French call it, I mean, they use French, but translates into international physical exercise and sports, which is what? a cat. It you doesn't know. sound like fun at all. <laughs> that's, so instead of the Olympics, that's what they're calling it. <laughs> they spread it out over six months. I don't understand this. Yeah, uh, instead why? of being
1: two weeks, it's six months. It's two weeks, one for the swimmers, one for the tracks. And that's Let's it. Let's go and, and we're then done. We're
0: done. We're over, we've had fun. So they do all of that. It's so disorganized there's no opening or closing ceremony. They had been in Athens. but would be a good thing. The French just go, yeah, who can be bothered doing that? Let's not do it. So badly organized that people who compete in it don't know they're competing in the Olympics. (laughs)
1: Jeez.
0: (laughs) At all. So a lot of them just think they're playing a local sporting event. They don't realize. the point where people go on their whole lives and never find out they're being an Olympian. In the whole way, so for example, one lady turns up and she's studying over there. Her name is Margaret Ives Abbott. She's studying under Edgar Degas and August Rodin, you know, the The sculptor and the painter. painter. So she's studying under them, and she is. There's a golf tournament on, so her and her mum rock up to the golf tournament, (laughs) right, and play the golf tournament. It's nine holes, and she wins. So she's an Olympian. She's she's the first American female Olympic gold medalist, but she doesn't know it's the Olympics. And she dies in 1955, never knowing, and finally, <laughs> years later, a professor at the University of Florida does this research and discovers she's the first and
1: contacts her family, and they say, oh, she died years ago. Do you reckon I could be an Olympian? I think it's highly likely. <laughs> do you ever do this? If you go, if I was going to the Olympics, what event Would could you I be possibly in? do? I don't think there's met walking. <laughs> I'm not saying I'd win. Is darts an Olympic event? <laughs> and if not, why not? It should
0: be. I think about walking would be that. Shot put. Yeah, I mean, it's whether you think I'd be competitive.
1: It's two different things. There's some I just could never do. That's what i Nothing in the
0: gymnastics.
1: Out. Shooting. I reckon I could do some shooting. You right? could do shooting. Easily. Yeah. Something with a sawnoff? off. <laughs> The drive-by. <laughs> the, the robbing of bank. Who's <laughs> in bank. and out quicker. <laughs> stand on the podium with a balaclava. Let one go. That would be good. Archery. Why nothing for the crossbow?
0: They did say well, the crossbow never got in. Never got in. Well, you're going to hear some interesting sports coming into this one because this was the wildest one. Right. This is how badly it was. Another guy was a French cyclist. He was tracked down 965 by this Olympic historian and yes. said, I just wanted to talk to you about your time in the Olympic Games. And he said, what, are you, what the hell are you talking about? Did I am a meeting? He said, yeah, yeah. He said, you yeah, on 1900, you raced in this race. He goes, yeah, I did race in a race in that. Was that part of the Olympics? And they go, yeah. So this is how bad that That's even shambolic. the records now, and so bad are the records that one guy wrote at the time a joke on April Fool's in the paper that said poodle clipping had been running as an event at the Olympics, <laughs> and he made it up. Anyway, that's now written in heaps of
1: Olympic books as fact because people are so confused. I would still watch that before synchronized swimming. Oh, I've said it. (laughs) Are you coming to the synchronized swimming? No, I'm going to the poodle clipping. (laughs) Hope it gets clipped within an inch of his life. So
0: that's how weird this one is, right? People don't know they schedule all the events. Even though this spread over six months, they schedule a bunch of them on at the same time so people can't go to them. Deliberately? No, they just don't know what they're doing. No one knows what they're doing. Get the Baron The Baron's been (laughs) sidelined sitting there being furious. He'd be furious. The athletic program is due to start on Saturday 14th of July and then a few days before people realized that that was Bastille Day and maybe people (laughs) wouldn't show up. (laughs) So they move it to the Sunday, but then everyone's religious back then and won't run on the Sabbath. So it just doesn't work. This all happens all the time. So it was just them. Now, when they even do have events, people find out that the areas they're performing at are barely set up, right? So the fencing venue turns out to be at the World Fair in their cutlery area. (laughs) 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 Backstage, everyone's doing all the cutlery movement. So there's like a working kitchen and there's the fencing. So you're, uh, wa- you're washing, washing up some cutlery and there's two blokes trying to. Some going to defend himself with a ladle? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's literally the first the thing cutlery. that's going. Cutlery thing. The athletics track, they don't have a cinder track. They just do it on a grass field, which is not flat. It goes up and down all over the place. It's got holes in it and it's got trees. Trees. Bit so, of dog shit. Yeah, it's just like a rock poodle up poodle to poodle Eddie bit, Park. A bit of poodle poo from the, <laughs> from the poodle clipping. <laughs> They say, "Oh, hang on, we haven't got a stand here. Let's build. We better build a stand for For what? Spectators. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They build it, but they build it behind a row (laughs) of (laughs) trees, so no one can see anything. Sit down in front. Sorry, that's a red. (laughs) That's an oak. (laughs) The throwing events, so discus and hammer throws. Hammer throw. I could do hammer throw. You could do hammer throw, but they set this up in normally. You know, you have this wide cone-like area.
1: you you know, that gets wider and wider. Yeah, yeah.
0: Because the people setting up have never seen discus or hammer throw and don't know what it is because it's so badly <laughs> honest They set up in Avenue of Trees.
1: Right. Oh, so, so you have to show a dead straight or it goes into the... It goes into the trees. Yeah, or you could the, knock someone out the stand behind the trees. Well, this is so the they thing. Accept, they're going
0: into the trees and stuff. The guy who wins Hungary's Rudolf Bauer, which is a great name. It's a household name in Hungary. He won discus uh, gold on the strength of all three of his throws, but they all ended up in the crowd.
1: <laughs> You're <laughs> sitting in the crowd and like literally a doing discus has been piffed towards you. It's like baseball, you know, where they were to catch the... the yeah, yeah, the yeah, place. and go into the stand. I've got this like, baby in one hand. <laughs> anyway. Do you know what I love is there wasn't a javelin. I was about to ask because normally when you mention those sports, javelin, the javelin's one of them, part of them.
0: But they didn't do the javelin. From, some of them hadn't come in. Some of these sports are late and others, they try a whole heap the here Javelin was at The original it. Olympics, wasn't it? Yeah, but there's ones that dropped in and out all the time. But these ones, are, they're throwing discus and they're throwing the hammer throw into the crowd, did which they, keeps
1: you awake. Did they have a demonstration sport at the French Paris Olympics? Oh, they had many. I'll get to some was, of these. Was, was it miming? Miming was a huge Walking one. into the wind? <laughs> That's the, that. There's the different disciplines. Leaning <laughs> against a wall. That's right. Opening a door. right, <laughs> Riding a bike but with a beret? No, I
0: don't know. <laughs> On top of this, there's no proper national teams, right? People like are meant to be on their country of origin. Well, so you can just kind of... Well, I'll give you an example. So the people are all a bit all over the shops, right? So Americans just came out often playing for a college. They were representing a college rather right. than the states in their gotcha. head. So it wasn't as fully formed in people's idea that you played sure. for your country. But a guy called Stan Rowley, he was Australian. He was a track star at the time and... He's the only athlete to win a medal for two different countries at a game. At the same Olympics. At the same Olympics. So he wins for Australia a bronze medal in the 60 metres, 100 metres and the 200 metres, right? So he does quite well. Good on him. He's then persuaded by English friends to join them in no! the, the 5,000 metre team for cross country, right? He can't be doing that. Now the reason was the only other entry was France in the gold medal race and the Brits were a man short because each team had to have a certain amount of runners, they were so worried that the French were going to win gold <laughs> that they have got to f- fix this. So they went to Raleigh and said, would you like to run? And he said, I've never run this distance before. And they said, well, the good news is yeah. because of the way points are scored, we've already won, you just have to complete the course and your time doesn't matter. So you can walk it and you'll get a gold medal. you can have a cigarette. Yeah. So he shows up and starts walking 5,000 metres. He doesn't run, he just starts walking it. Farcical. And and in the end, the race officials get so tired of waiting to finish (laughs) (laughs) that they just say, fine, you've won. You've
1: won. So that's how we won a gold medal. I could win a gold medal in those circumstances. How good is that? It's just you've won. So so he's the only one to to have ever competed for two countries or won medals for two? Won medals for two countries. So it's happened before in Australia and England.
0: Yeah, well, the Commonwealth often just, they, sometimes the New Zealanders played with the. well, they were one team for a while. Sometimes they'd join the, they'd say, oh, we're part of Britain, so we'll join Britain. So they just did it all the time. But he's the only one that won both. And he won it by, he didn't even finish his event. He just strolled across (laughs) it. So people are getting paid as well, which you're not meant to, because no one's overseeing this amateur status thing because the Baron's been kicked aside. Yeah. Women are allowed in. Because the Baron hated women doing sport. I think if you remember, well, we he mentioned on record. He yep. used to say it was impractical, uninteresting,
1: unaesthetic and incorrect. Women doing sport. I'd like to see someone try that today. <laughs> <laughs> what are your thoughts? Yeah, on? at least we knew where he stood. <laughs> His very
0: clear views. He pussy whipped. Which <laughs> <laughs> guy? Man up. The French were like, we'd love to have women involved. <laughs> We much prefer it. They let women do lawn tennis, croquet, golf, equestrian, and yachting. 23 women competed. Golf was in it. Golf was in this one. It was one of the rare ones it's been in. Uh, England's Charlotte Cooper is the first woman to win an individual Olympic event. She wins the tennis. She'd gone on to win, like, Wimbledon 10 times in this era, so she was very good. Yeah. Another lady won for Switzerland, but it was in a co-ed crew for yachting, and then we don't know if she actually competed in it or whether she just owned the boat. So there's a bit of argument, yeah. There's a bit of argument over whether she actually did it. The events are bonkers. So croquet was in it. It's the first and only time croquet has been in the Olympics. Not a crowd pleaser. It's not the most popular one
1: because badminton's in, I suppose. The
0: official Olympic report written after the games said croquet is a sport with hardly any pretensions to athleticism. I could that's play croquet. That's the official report. You could play croquet because You could have a gin and tonic while you did it. Of <laughs> Any course, you sport.
1: Can. You can drink while doing it. Is the sport <laughs> I'm interested in? In France, I'm saying, was everyone smoking? Yeah, yeah. During the events, that'll be, be relay pretty race. relaxing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pass the cigarette. Because croquet, it's only been in it once. It's still
0: France's most successful Olympic sport because they won all the medals. Country of origin, isn't it? One, it's croquet? their country of origin. Two, they made sure no one else can compete by holding the tournament over the whole six months. So anyone <laughs> who wanted to come from overseas <laughs> uh, had to I'll live in France for six frishes. months. So no one competes against them. So mm-hmm. it's all of them. The official report, as well as saying it's got no pretension of athleticism, writes this. This is a direct quote. One would be wrong, however, to disdain croquet. It develops a combative mind. One has only to see how it transforms young girls into reasoners and from reasoners into reasonable people. (laughs) That's the official report. Well done. And then it says... Well said. Spectators were not at all numerous, although I must mention an English lover of the game who made the journey from Nice to Paris to watch the first matches of the competition. Unless I'm very much mistaken, however... This gentleman was the only paying spectator.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: Crowd numbers are down. <laughs> they
0: sold one to a, <laughs> one. an English guy who's really in the cocoa. Um, the long jump starts and they show up and they turn up and discover there's no pit to jump in.
1: Okay. So they have to dig their own pit. It's what you need. It's the only crucial thing. Yeah, It's a, a sand pit. Yeah, it's jump not pit. hard. And so they don't have a sand pit.
0: Before they can start, they have to dig it. The star of the <laughs> Games competed in the long jump. His name is American called Alvin Krenzelen. He's from the United States. He'd won the 60 metre, the 110 metre hurdles and the 200 metre hurdles already. So he's a triple gold medalist. Yep. He then ends the long jump. He meets his arch rival, Maya Prinstein. Both compete on a Saturday and Prinstein's leading the whole thing. They have the final the next day. Prinstein, who's Jewish, it's not his Sabbath on the You're Sunday. You're telling me right?
1: Maya Prinstein is, is Jewish? Jewish? You wouldn't believe it, would you? What?
0: But he's Jewish, so he's competed on his Sabbath on the Saturday, but the next day his university, which was Syracuse, they said you can't compete on the Sabbath. Even though he's Jewish, they still say because they're they took, This is Christian. when they took religion seriously. Yeah, they took it really seriously. So they said you cannot compete on the Sunday. So he's like, well, it's not my Sabbath. Can't I compete anyway? And they say no. So he goes and talks to Alvin and says, "Look, well, I can't compete. Why don't we agree? To compete on Monday instead, yeah. and he says, "Fine."
1: This was the plot for <laughs> Star Wars. No, <laughs> no the running one? one on the beach. Oh, charity to fire. fire. Yeah, yeah, this was yeah. The whole- Well, this is all this era, right? Like they all. Were what did different. they have? That they champagne on the hurdle. Yeah, they? they had champagne. Didn't we should do one with a bundy and coke. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a guy from Queensland. He's really good. <laughs>
0: He's told he can't compete, so he goes to the other guy, Cranzelen, and says. Let's agree to compete on the Monday instead. And that way it's no one's Sabbath and everything. And so they have an informal agreement, except Krenzel then decides I am going to compete, just turns up on the Sunday anyway and posts a winning jump that surpasses his effort and wins. Prinsley learns of this. And he goes up to Grinsland and punches him in the mouth. On the Sabbath? And it, on the, and it says it says in this newspaper article, it says, the two reportedly feuded for years afterwards. Did. So that ended up with him punching him in the mouth. I don't know if there's
1: any coming back from that. You've, That's really you've bad. You've conned a guy out of a... Oh, yeah yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: I think the first rugby league grand final, one of the first in Australia, they had an agreement... Um, because they were on strike for various They yes. had an agreement not to show up. One of the sides <laughs> just so went ticked. out and kicked the ball, scored a try. The other side just stood we're out in the, out the front of the stadium <laughs> protesting and caused a lot of things. Cricket was at these games, only time in the Olympics. Cricket. Cricket. Now it was meant to have Belgium, France, Great Britain, Netherlands all scheduled to compete in a knockout tournament. Yes. Belgium and the Netherlands withdrew before it even started. For any reason? Or? They just didn't show up because nah. it was all over Got the shot. Great Britain and France then play each other. The French club, though, you could have 12 a side in these days. I'm like, 11 of their team were British guys. So it's just
1: really, they were British expats living in Paris at the time. There aren't many rules, but if no. you're competing in the Olympics... <laughs> Compete for your own country, yeah. I would have thought, would be a good place to start. The English side is a local club side that just happens to be on holiday <laughs> in France. <laughs> and so it's not trip. like
0: the national, yeah, it's not like the national thing. So that's their playing. Now, my favourite is hot air ballooning was a sport. Uh, this was an exhibition one. You asked about in, exhibition. In Paris? Yeah, in Paris, hot air ballooning. The YoPlay balloon would win that. This was It was the most popular sport. Out of all of them. It days. Yeah. How do you compete? Well, there's many ones. Once you take off and there would be a target, you'd have to drop a lead and whoever got it closest. That was one of the events. They had numerous events.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. yeah.
0: My favourite, though, is they had one that was who could travel the furthest in their hot air balloon. You'd take off from Paris and see how far you could go, right? That was the whole thing. Now, Who won um, that? Well, Jacques uh, Fero, in 1905, five years later, he'd be the first to fly across the English Channel. But he landed his balloon 1,183 kilometers away. So he flew that far. Now, Melbourne to Sydney's 900 kilometers. Boston to New York's um, 1.2 thousand kilometers, yep. sort of thing. So you're getting into that sort of distance. You know, bad. quite big. He lands in Prussia, which is now actually in Poland, <laughs> where he lands. But he lands there. Uh, he's the first one to do it. He wins bronze. The next one um, is a guy who sets up the air force in World War One. Using balloons, (laughs) dropping bombs from balloons. Takes two passengers with him. He gets to Danzig in Prussia, which is now in Poland. I'm guessing the wind's blowing towards Prussia. Yeah, the wind's blowing towards that way. Henry de la Valleau he already held the long distance record, which was 1,326 kilometres travelled before. He travelled once from Paris to Sweden in an earlier competition. That's how far they're getting. This time he flies 1,235 kilometres. He goes all the way to Warsaw in Poland. He didn't break any records at time, but he does win the gold. And he's the first to fly because that is, in those years, considered Russia, um, not Poland back then. Yeah. You'd be surprised when Russia so much pushes out its boundaries. <laughs> Never. <laughs> Occasionally. Like they wouldn't do it now. That's not the way they run. <laughs> but that's how they used to do it. Okay. So this was in Russia. So he flies all the way from Paris and lands in Russia. He's the first to fly from France to Russia ever in anything. Immediately on landing his balloon, he's taken into police custody. Was, as he didn't have a visa. I was going to say the Russians take it. They don't because no one knows what the Olympics are. Turn so. back the balloons. <laughs> so That's a campaign. He lands with his wife. His wife's a passenger. I was about to say who's in the basket. <laughs> him and his wife.
1: They you left. Can't him. Take them. She must have been giving directions. <laughs> yeah. You know what women are like.
0: Yeah, they were arguing over said. the map. You've got to turn the wrong way around. This is Russia. Um so immediately upon landing balloon, they're both arrested and taken into police custody, and he doesn't have a visa. And he says, look, we'll have to sort this out with the the Russian police who are all sitting around. (laughs) So they're all sitting around in the jail or, you know, just the police holding cell. Did Uh, everyone take their wives? Some just took passengers. Like it was pretty, ballooning (laughs) was a casual air right? I don't think it was like highly competitive. They sit, him and his wife sit in this holding cell with the chief of police who treats them, to offers them tea. And then he says, (laughs) and and then Henri says, you know what, forget the tea. I've got some bottles of French champagne in the balloon. <laughs> Let's
1: get back to the balloon. <laughs> Why don't we go get there? How French is that? I'm not getting the in Russia, the balloon the Russia, Russia, some champagne. The chief
0: of police and the police go, that sounds excellent. <laughs> they all bring the champagne back to the police
1: station. <laughs> they didn't drive the balloon, did they? they you can't drink no, a couple, you couple can't, of champagnes. You can't champagne. you
0: can't. So they sit around for a whole day while it's getting worked out through diplomatic back channels drinking French champagne together. And offering tea, to, and then <laughs> I found another event I can do. By the way,
1: <laughs> I just had
0: to say yes. this is right up. Oh, here. I could do
1: this every bit of this.
0: <laughs> In his account of this, he says, "So while the police treated us to tea and they drank all my French champagne, my wife sat there rolling cigarettes for them all to pass the time." <laughs>
1: This is as good as it gets. <laughs> is that the only time the hot air ballooning was ever an event? Yeah, and it wasn't. Yeah. A, it was a not an
0: official event. Although I will say about all this, when you delve into it, even the Olympics are a bit vague of what was official was. and what will not. And we'll get to some of the reasons. Anything why. for the
1: zeppelin. The zeppelin. Nothing wasn't, for
0: the zeppelin. It wasn't quite the best. I could see. I just love the idea of the Hearst rolling cigarettes for them <laughs> while they drink champagne. You'd think a Russian jail cell would be horrible, but it sounds like they had it's a ball. Fantastic. Well, I just love them watching these balloons descend. Cannon shooting was an event. Right, okay. So, so it's, shooting. Shoot, it's shoot, like shooting. It's shooting. And what are they shooting at? It was a featured event. Not much is known about what happened. There were 17 different versions of it apparently. The art would be in the preset aiming. Of I assume the it's target shooting and stuff. But they, unfortunately, they say, the Olympics themselves say there wasn't we know it happened, but we don't know much about it. All they know about is there were seventeen different events. All the events were for men only, and only the French were in it. The trying to <laughs> knock out
1: giant skeets, like <laughs> skeets the size of rubbish bin <laughs> Fire! The, Boom! The, the, kite flying was kite also flying, an event.
0: It was so popular they had to split it into several different categories: small kites, medium kites, and large kites. And the trick was who could keep their kite in the air for two hours. <laughs> I could mime that. That would be a great one. There was a horse long jump and a horse high jump.
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, I've got to ask. Anything for the Shetlands? Because when I think equestrian, I always feel the Shetlands. I agree. Every it sport just, can be approved by a Shetland. Shetland well, there. That's
0: why I never get – would you prefer to watch a real horse
1: race or Shetlands horse race? You know how, like, when they have a Grand Prix, they'll have a celebrity race beforehand? Yeah. Imagine on Melbourne Cup Day, a celebrity – Race Shetland down the race. straight on Shetlands. Oh. Celebrities on Shetlands. Now, that is your name. <laughs> <anymore>. <laughs> Why is the Shetland okay? Like the Clydesdale. What about anything for the Clydesdale? You've oh. had some great ideas over the years the campaign to get cigarette, cigarette <laughs> lighters back cigarette in
0: cars eyes. and yeah, the bucket back the KFC to bring the bucket back after they banned it in Australia. But the <laughs> Shetland the Pony Shetlands. celebrity race. <laughs> Is just the best one you can get. So they had the long jump and the high jump for the horses. That's never Good been problem. done ever again. They had another question event called the Hacks and Hunter. You got judged and you had to ride like you were in a fox hunt and you were judged on your deportment, but there were no foxes there were no or foxes. no hunting. So it's it's miming the, weirdest, it, the fridge. <laughs> it's a, it's a, a mime. The weirdest event I've ever read. You know, even I've read it a thousand times. That You're it
1: miming chasing a. Fox.
0: Well, you have got to jump fences and but they they oh, check just, your yeah. gait and everything. But it's based on sort of what a fox hunt is. But in this,
1: it's more just how you compose yourself. But so you can no ride a hot air balloon into a foreign country, but you can't <laughs> chase an can actual fox. <laughs> you shoot a cannon. You shoot a cannon. a <laughs> cannon yes, No That'd one cares
0: if a good you. Good event. Uh, my favorite event. Is they had an event called the mail coach. You'd have someone with four horses just taking a mail coach around and they would judge on were they doing? How, well they drive,
1: how well they drove. How well they drove it. Should the mail get delivered on time?
0: They were doing it, they were just, there was, it says there was a jury that determined how well you were going. They were all driven by their owners. It was in a small place that they went around and they just drove <laughs> The Shetlands could do that. You'd, four four <laughs> Shetlands. Man and a male coach. Are you surprised that hasn't been picked up? I just can't believe it. Now there was Tug of War. Tug of War actually lasted um quite a few Olympics in a row. Yep. A participant was called a puller. Yep. It would have eight men originally. Over the years it changed down to six. It was one of the
1: more popular ones. Was it still in the mud? I remember in the nineteen oh four in the St. Louis Olympics. Yeah, that wasn't that it? was at the Savage Games, oh. remember, and that was in the mud. No, this You're was just on to the grass. That. <laughs>
0: So the tug of war here, the US are, are meant to play against the French but then the French schedule the hammer throw against it knowing that half the tug of half war team guy. are in the – So true. they they that. So the Scandinavians decide, well, we don't want them to win it. So they quickly pull together a team yes. which is just a bunch of athletes they've got and a journalist who's just there. <laughs> and they win. They end up winning. The Americans – Go and do the hammer event, then come back the next day, even though it's already been decided, and challenge oh, the French hey, to another oh, one. No. And it always ends in a punch on. <laughs> hey, you snooze, you lose. Uh, fishing was an event. Um, we did, we got lots of photos of this, but we don't know much about it. So people were just fishing. It was an official event. But hang on, <laughs> what are they fishing for? Like, we don't even know. Are they, they were are just they off fishing the back of a, a boat. They no, in they're in on the side of the river. No, There's no. men and women, and they're just all fishing.
1: They're all in like top hats. <laughs> <laughs> and like wearing a full like suit and everything. Did Australia host the yabbying? <laughs> that would be good. You had one confirmation of the size of the fish because they all lie. I you know, know, I know. So that's uh, that's what who they did. Wow! Well, um,
0: now my favourite, which you will love, they had shooting, of course. Yeah, but it was pigeon shooting, and it was actual pigeons. <laughs> you can shoot the pigeons. Now we're talking. turkey. so they had a bunch of different ones, but the idea was to kill as many pigeons as possible and you were limited if you missed two in a row. So the idea was you kept, kept shooting pigeons until you'd missed two and then you're out of the event, right? That was those. So birds are relieved from traps in front of the shooters and then they all just take a shot and, like I said, <laughs> nearly 300 birds are killed and the audience is splattered with feathers and blood,
1: which is why they've never run this event again. It was just an abject disaster. that's <laughs> you know, my favourite Prince Philip story, out of all the Prince Philip stories, and there's so many. Yeah, and they're, they're all big laughs. But there was a primary school, like a kindergarten, in in the country in yeah. in England. And all of a sudden the kids came in screaming because dead birds were just falling <laughs> out of the sky into, into, into the playground area and it was Philip on some kind of pastoral <laughs> area just shooting birds out. It was just raining birds down on into kids. school the schoolyard. I mean, good on you, Philip. <laughs> I'm impressed with that. Yeah, so, they, so they're
0: so they all they're all just shooting. So nearly 300 birds are killed. It's an absolute, like literally a bloodbath. 1902 bands came into force on – Doing this so, okay. as well. But this was the IOC to this day denies that it was an official <laughs> event. Now, one of the guys that won gold in this was a guy called Donald McIntosh. Right. So, Donald was an Australian professional sports shooter and he was one of Australia's biggest stars ever. Right. He was very big on the European live bird circuit. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> From so, there was a <laughs> European live bird circuit. Yeah, it
0: was huge. So, 1896 to um, 1908, he was recognized as the world champion of shooting birds. In 1992, he was awarded Olympic gold for his performance back in Paris and then it was suddenly taken away, the IOC. So the IOC keep changing whether this was an official event because they're a bit sensitive about that. But McIntosh, 1890, won the Melbourne Gun Club thousand pound cup handicap. He killed 33 birds in a row.
1: Fantastic. At
0: the Olympics, he did 22 in a row. Uh, he also won the 50-pound Challenge Cup three years in a row, which is a big one. He was so successful at Ladden to live as a professional shooter and he's doing all these shooting tournaments around Australia. Right. And it's massively popular. People are coming out all the time. What, what
1: birds are they shooting in Australia? Uh,
0: all sorts. He spent a lot of his time even in Australia hunting quail. <laughs>
1: okay. That doesn't seem like a fit fight somehow. It's,
0: this is how it describes him. It says he would participate in live bird shoots at least three days per week and much of the rest of the time was spent, this is outside of the three days of shooting, was spent hunting game, especially quail. He trained a pet fox as a retriever.
1: So he he's trained a, lazy a pigeon fox, shooter. Yeah, and developed an interest in taxidermy, apparently, which okay. makes sense. Anyone who has an interest in taxidermy, <laughs> call the cops. Especially when that, guy, that person is up to something.
0: Especially when they're doing the killing and the taxidermy. Killing. He's doing both. Yeah. He takes off to Europe and he's participating in tournaments in England, Belgium, France, Monaco, Spain and Italy. He won the London Gun Club Challenge three times, the Grand Prix at Monte Carlo twice, the Belgian Championships and the Grand Prix of Italy, Milan and Madrid. And he got known as the world champion. He won over 30 gold medals on the tournament and made £20,000 in prize money, which is approximately about $5 million in today's money. So this is like serious amounts of money so that was the pigeon shooting it went (laughs) it went so badly now another one that i've double checked and they ran this at a very different time was the pigeon racing so as well as pigeon shooting they had pigeon racing Uh, in total 7721 pigeons released from 48 teams it was one of the most Popular events at the Olympics. So, who's winning the medal there? Well, whoever's, the, whoever's, whoever's pigeon, pigeon, does, pigeon does, gets home first. So they for all, the pigeon. Yeah, they all released it within eighty kilometers of Paris, and they all—it was all teams from Paris—and whoever's bird got back first won the gold medal. It was a thrilling sport. <laughs> a thrilling sport. We mentioned that there was a horse long jump and high jump. Yes, you did. This year, they also had the high jump and the long jump and the triple jump, but with no run-up. So you just had to do it from a
1: standing start.
0: <laughs> so you know that oh was uh, that
1: was amazing. What a thing to see! <laughs> Man jumps up and down on spot, wins medal. I love the triple jump with no runner. Just the nice.
0: weirdest hop, skip, and a jump. Tell me they dug a pit. Oh, there, there they, they added it. Dug it. Um, motor boating was <laughs> like a rowing race, but with motorboats. And they did that once.
1: That was the only year they ever done it. It was. They're just making stuff up. Right? Just making this stuff is up, a shambles. Yeah. This
0: a- is what. Apparently, the boats were almost as slow as the because the motors were so like bad back yes. then. It was almost slower than the men rowing. <laughs> <laughs> it was described as a terrible one. Motor racing was a sport too. So cars, cars.
1: Um,
0: it was called an unofficial Olympic event. Now they had all sorts of ones. They had a two-seater car under four hundred kilograms because you remember cars are new at this point. Yes, they had a two-seater over four hundred kilo. They had a seven-seater car race. They had a taxi car race. Hang on, a seven-seater? <laughs> yeah. is, is, is Are all the seats full? <laughs> yeah, yeah. All the people in the seats. So many passengers. It's like, it's like watching. You know, the family minivan races. Is there shopping in the back? What are they doing? (laughs) They have to stop to do. Well, considering you've got the the mail one, they had a delivery van one as well. And then they had a fire truck race. The Baron must be furious. (laughs) The Baron is not funny. The swimming events are held in the Seine River. It's so dirty and murky, you can barely see. It has very strong current. <laughs> and they swim with the current. So all these like insane records are set. Because <laughs> people even if you just lie there, you basically oh, go faster than the Olympic swimmer now. Cold. They had an obstacle race in the water where you had to dive in, swim under a wooden boat, and then on there's another wooden boat, you have to climb into that and over it and back into the water under another boat. Back so so it's sort of like the hurdles. you come up with this? Where's the meeting
1: yeah. where people see sitting around <laughs> going, I've got an idea.
0: So that's what they're doing. It gets axed straight after this. Underwater swimming was, was oh, another one. How long one. you can go without. How long you could swim and how far you could also go in a straight line. One of the problems was because no one could see underwater. A lot of them just accidentally swam around in circles. <laughs> and they discovered that underwater swimming in a river you can't see Is a a very boring sporting (laughs) event for the spectators. Yes. So that doesn't really work. Uh, Rowing was the same. So rowing was fantastic. Rowing was going quite well and Cox 4s was on and they kept changing the rules all the time and it was all over the shop. There was all these protests. But the most amazing thing is there was a Dutch team and they were in the Cox pairs. So Cox means someone steering obviously and the two rowers. They'd go in one of their heats and... They go okay, their cox, who's steering for them is Dr. Hermanus Brockman and they actually lose by several lengths to one of the French um, ones and they're thinking, well, we're in the final but we were so far off, it's not looking good. And they realise that the reason they're going so badly is the French are using kids to steer the boat because it's less weight. (laughs) (laughs) So they just go and find a kid in the crowd and go can you steer our boat for us in the gold medal race? And the kid says, sure. He gets in the boat. He's, <laughs> he's so light they have to put a weight on the back to keep the rudder in the, keep
1: them in, the in, boat. The, in the boat.
0: Anyway, they win gold and this kid has won a gold medal, the youngest ever. Some people think he's as long young as eight. That will never change. That, well, we don't uh, think because the minute they win gold they take a photo. So there's this photo of him and the two Danish rowers. And then he disappears in the crowd and's gone, yeah. and no one knows who he is. And to this day, it's like the great mystery. mystery of the Olympics. So all the Olympic historians, it's like this huge thing to try and track this it's guy like the down. Holy grail, yeah. And they still haven't. They still don't know who he was. The youngest ever official Olympic competitor is a ten-year-old gymnast, um, Demetrius Lundras, who was in
1: Greece in 1896, and he won. Back to the rowing. So what were the events? Coxless cox. Yeah, so with, they had
0: one just steering. They had four, but it, the
1: main thing was they were allowed to use children to steer the boats because they were light. Children taking the jobs of other people is not. Do you know the biggest controversy in uh, theatre? It was attempted that once the, to replace the dwarves from Snow White and the Seven Dwarves yeah. with children, right, in a production and. This did not go down. That's a bread and butter gig, yeah, yeah, in, yeah. in your dwarf community, yeah, for yeah. a dwarf actor, and they pick a, <laughs> like a tiny picket line, the smallest picket line. But the fury that uh, that was unleashed on these kids <laughs> who were taking food out of their mouths. So I see on, something similar. I'm on the here. dwarf side there. Oh, I'm too. How dare these? How dare these Grumpy ones. was particularly unhappy. <laughs> let me let me tell you right
0: now.
1: He was he was a method actor. <laughs> <laughs> he was really into it. Uh, so the eights, did they have the eights or did they have the... Oh, they had a bunch of
0: ones, but they the did. funny thing that happened with it is they kept changing the rules of the rowing all the time <laughs> and even before the final. So what happened is they... This just shows you how bad. The first high finals held in between the heats, they've changed the qualification. No, hang so, on. Thing. so the people that all qualified get told their boats didn't meet scratch. So another bunch of boats get put into it. So, but did they... Everyone protest so much... That gets run. That final, then another final of all the ones who got disqualified, then gets run. So this is this sort of Olympics. It is right. It was won mate? by a guy in a gondola. <laughs> yeah, he just you happened go, to be going fast.
1: <laughs> so that was that all would be ones. good in the rowing. The gondola, the gondola. I think a gondola race would be fantastic because a gondolier is like a cox. Yeah, really, isn't it? That's all it is. And, and, and so <laughs> the gondola racing, and you actually have a romantic a couple kissing. <laughs> they have to kiss the whole way. As a big, fat, like an Italian guy. It's a date and you get points for how well the date goes as well as how fast you finish
0: the course. And then the couple get on a hot air balloon and go to Prussia. It's getting a bit frisky in Boat 8. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on so for that. There's a reality TV hey, show there, right oh. there. Now, the marathon to bring us home. Marathon, of course, and I know how much we love the 904 marathon. St. Louis. The St. Louis one. So this is sort of it gives you a sense of what's going to happen in the 9.04 marathon, which we've already <laughs> done an episode on. Yes. So conditions are not ideal. It started at 2.30 in the afternoon, and we've talked about how doing the marathon now, everyone just knows they're running the day, so yeah. you're not in the heat. This was run at 2.30. Seems like a no-brainer. In the height of, of a Parisian summer, it was 39 degrees Celsius. That's hot. It's the hottest ever a marathon's been run in. Yeah. So that re- it remains to this day the hottest. The field included three Britons, five French... Two Swedes, an American, and two Canadians. One of the Canadians' name was Ronald McDonald. <laughs> Which I just love. They emerge from the stadium and there's this blistering, you know, hot 39 is hot. And it immediately becomes clear to all of them that this is an absolute mess because much like the 904 one. The streets of Paris haven't been closed off to the event in any way whatsoever. <laughs> Just
1: go about your business. Just go about Marathon's your business. Right. Is this longer too, by the way? Yeah, I know it's four, the- it's kilometers, I yeah,
0: it's 40 kilometres, I think. They all come out. They look at it. It's terrible. Straight away, they're jostling with this crowds. The World Fair's on too. There's cyclists, trams, animals because it's also still in big use <laughs> and there are some spectators but they're all hostile towards anyone who's not French, okay. so they start getting stuck in him. So the three Britons responded by just immediately pulling out pulling of the race out, straight to, away. To they're they're, they're this. gone straight away. Yeah. Then you get into it, and two of the guys. There's a guy, uh, George Torque Dinas he's French, and a Swedish guy called Emst Fast. and they're going okay. But twelve miles in, George uh, decides that the heat's just way too much. And according to legend, he stopped for a few beers at a local bar and just stopped the race. <laughs> I would have thought the Swede would be struggling too you know, in these well, conditions. So, so this is the so, – so he just goes <laughs> in and starts – He stopped to be. He stopped to drink. Right. and he But he, he didn't restart the race. That was it nah. for him. He went, I've had enough of this. Fast, meanwhile, the Swede, he's pulling ahead until a French policeman points him in the wrong direction. <laughs> <laughs> and sends him off In on the wrong way. Side. Yeah, uh, Michel Theato, he is a French guy. He's been on the verge of quitting, but he actually emerges as the winner finally of this. Most of them have okay. dropped that. One of the remaining Canadians, Richard Grant, they pro, not Ronald McDonald, but Richard <laughs> Grant, he protests that he could not keep up because he'd been hit by a bike on purpose during the race <laughs> by a French spectator. Yes. Um, Arthur Newton, an American runner, alleged that Theato had cheated during the race by taking back alleys and shortcuts, saying he knew that this guy knew him from his time as a baker's delivery boy in Paris. <laughs> he had some inside information. Well, that's what yeah, he is. So he said he's been running off and all that. This was just made up. It turned out years later that Theato was actually a cabinet maker, maker. But this hung over his head and there was an investigation that went on for the next 12 years. There you go. And it wasn't until the gold medal wasn't awarded until 1912 where it was agreed that he hadn't actually cheated. But the (laughs) Americans said the French had all cheated because by the time they showed up at the finish line, the French were all there (laughs) waiting and had never passed them during the thing. So there's a lawsuit that goes on and that's why it takes 12 years for it to actually come out. Finally, after 12 years, uh, Michel Theato gets given the medal and France rejoices 12 years later so and says shit. finally a French. Yep. It's then discovered he's actually from Luxembourg <laughs> <laughs> and has never become a French citizen. Wow. <laughs> so in conclusion, the game to just an abject, I'm
1: hoping I've conveyed some sense <laughs> That these were not the best run games? They were the best runs, but I, out of all of it, it might have been the one to go to. It's going to take six months.
0: you're going
1: to see a guy shooting pigeons, you're going to see some cannon shooting, a guy cross borders in a hot air <laughs> balloon. I know. It's just incredible. you got kids in boats. <laughs> <laughs> like just being press ganged into steering them. I think they should take a good look at these.
0: You've got the discus and hammer throw going into going the into crowd. Crowds. You're getting a souvenir. Like no in the long jump, they should keep that. <laughs> yeah, wow. you have to dig it. We begin with the traditional thing. So you've got all this stuff going. You got the underwater swimming. <laughs> you've got the mail delivery horses. This would re fire truck race invigorate the entire Olympic movement. There is so you're it's spot on. There is so many things. I mean, I think my favorite's the hot air balloon. The hot air balloon is just air balloon. I like the idea of just you're all. It's <laughs> like a mystery flight. You're all
1: taking off. <laughs> And wherever you land, you land. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't matter where. I'd hate to program that up against the cannon shooting, because <laughs> I, I would be torn. <laughs> Let the cannons rip. <laughs> that could add a lot to it, though, the cannon shooting
0: combined with the hot are air Are they blade. going
1: back to Paris at all the games? I think they are. Yeah, soon, I think huh? they are. Yeah. Oh, and wow, I'm hoping they bring on. a lot of this. Let's
0: go. Anyway, the bad thing is basically this almost, once again, this and the St. Louis almost kill off the Olympic <laughs> movement. Are so bad. Um, the Baron says, with the benefit of hindsight, he says, there was much goodwill, but the interesting results had nothing Olympic about them. We made a hash of our work, is <laughs> his final summation. Good day to you. And so then they take up to 9 4. Terrible. It takes to London in 1908
1: for them to get anywhere vaguely back on track. Well, I can't thank you enough for bringing that to the table and finding me personally a couple of Olympic <laughs> events that I could do at oh, Olympic level. If you and I aren't in a hot air balloon by the end of the week, <laughs> landing in Russia. I'm imagining a hot air balloon being shot down by a <laughs> I don't know. Thank you, Titus O'Reilly. If you love listening to Mick and myself
0: bang on all the time, and why wouldn't you, we have a membership program, Bizarre Plus, and if you're interested in signing up, just simply go to the link in our show notes. Cheers.